Welcome to Whores Talk Whore. We're not really whores. We just like wordplay. Hello and welcome to Horse Talk Horror. I'm Sharon. And I'm Melinda. Today we are going to be talking with comedian Emily Winter, the host of the podcast Comedians with Ghost Stories. Emily, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. Um, Mindy and I are both big fans of your podcast. And for those listening who are not familiar with your show, tell us about the concept of your podcast and how you came up with that idea. So my podcast is just real comedians telling their real ghost stories. And I came up with this show. Um, I've, I've had a variety show. I mean, now, I, you know, in the before times, I had a variety <laughs> show for <laughs> eight years. And it was a monthly variety show in New York called Back Fat. And every month we tried to do something that was a little bit different from just the typical stand show. So every October we would do a Comedians with Ghost Stories live show and I just loved it so much and I loved the stories and I just wanted to expand it. So I started doing this podcast. It's really just so straightforward. I feel like I'm more of um, I'm just collecting stories rather than uh, showing off my comedy chops or doing anything to further my career. I am really just uh, collecting stories. Yeah, so... What is it about comedians with ghost stories? Is like the paranormal something that you've always been interested in? Or what was it about this one particular idea that you're like, this is what I'm going to do for a podcast? Sure. Um, Well, comedians are really tend to be really outgoing. um, And so I and it's my community. um, So it was easy to find a ton of people that have these stories and you know, when once you're entrenched in the comedy world, you just have access to people all over the country and all over the world um, that have the same sort of interest as you. Uh, and that's comedy. So it was just, you know, if I if I were an actor, it would be actors with ghost stories. Um, you know, it's just the community that I'm in and they happen to be quite good storytellers. So that works out nicely. And yeah, I've just always I'm not a person who like sees ghosts. I don't think I and particularly spiritually inclined. And I just wish I were, you know, I, I always meet people that like, you can feel their energy and they're so just peaceful. And I just want that. And I don't have it. I am chaos <laughs> and I, I have no special powers. I feel and see nothing. <laughs> like I just, um, I just am totally envious of the people that um, are able to sort of sort of reach out of what is right in front of them and 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 feel more so reach past it so you live vicariously through other people's stories <laughs> yeah absolutely awesome and I think one of the reasons I like your podcast so much because as you said they are such good storytellers like every episode that I've, I've listened to is just like fascinating you know like and the amount of ghost stories that comedians have experienced Experience. I mean, at least the people that have been on your show, there's like some really, really good stories that I've heard. Yeah, I'm so pleasantly surprised at how many people have stories. But I also think it makes sense because comedians tend to be um, financially strapped and Um. travel a lot. So like those are two things that I think make for great ghosty places like okay I'll just stay in this haunted hotel and like even though it's haunted and it's really dirt cheap that's the reason I'm going to stay in it because I can't afford to stay in the nice new hotel or 
I can't afford to live in the nice new apartment, so I'm just going to take this 300-year-old house with no electricity. You know, so it it makes sense. Um, <laughs> yeah. So you said you do not have any personal ghost stories, but how about your family? Has anyone in your family had any experience with the paranormal or um, seeing anything that, you know, do you remember like growing up and hearing stories from like your parents or your grandparents that got you more interested in ghosts? Yeah. Well, okay. I do have a little, I have, I have sort of mini ghost stories, which are not, I mean, if I, I would not cast myself on my own podcast with these stories, but (laughs) I was in this, um, I was in this, I think it's called the, this place called the Abbey, which is like a coffee shop, bar, restaurant in Pittsburgh. And once again, it was traveling for comedy. I was doing um, a comedy festival in Pittsburgh and my husband and I were sitting in there. We were like working all day and then we were like going to eat there at night or whatever. Anyway, out of the corner of my eye, I see a nun and I went to Catholic school in Illinois and I was like, that's yeah, a nun. And then, um, and then I looked back and I was, cause I was like, wait, why is there a nun in here? <laughs> and it was, she was in like a very full habit, not like a sort of modern half habit and then I looked back and it was a woman in a yellow dress and I was like wow that was so strange um and then I I looked into this coffee shop and yeah I I hadn't really paid attention but it had been like some sort of religious building before that and I was like oh cool did I just have my first little mini experience um so that was fun and I was excited about that but it was so it was one split second that you just feel like did my brain just make that up because you wanted to see a ghost I don't know um and then when I started recording my podcast um I put out one season in 2019 around Halloween and I had my guests, obviously it was pre-COVID, I had them come to my house and uh, my apartment in Brooklyn and record the stories and like I'm doing now, I just bulk recorded them. So I had people telling me about like these, you know, scary things that happen to them day after day after day after day and like sometimes multiple people in a day and um, some stuff, some weird stuff started happening in our apartment after that and um my husband, who is not, I mean, he's into horror movies and stuff, but like, he's not like, everything's a ghost, you know, he was like, all right, that's it. We're going down to the gem store and buying sage and we are saging this place because um, like his hats fell off the wall. Like we have him on a floating shelf. He's got a huge hat collection. And like, we found him in the middle of the floor in the bedroom, like in weird places, we both got shoved in the night and then looked at the other person. We were like way across the bed. We we're like, how did that happen? So we felt like we brought some strange energy into the apartment when I was bulk recording scary stories and we saged and then never felt it again. So you do have some paranormal stories I guess. to tell. Yeah, they're they're small. They're not like, you know, I love a story. I mean, I've been thinking about what makes a good ghost story um, recording this podcast. And I love a story that has like a backstory. It has some history, like you experience something for a long time and you have uh, corroborating people that also experience it. And then you come to find out that um, the thing that you've been seeing has, there's a reason that you've been seeing it because somebody died in that bed. And you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's like, there's so many layers to a great ghost story and mine are just like, yeah, I don't know. I felt a shove. Well, it was dumb. <laughs> I actually, I, I, I see what you're saying, and I do agree. I love the history, but I also find the ones that are just random to be creepy as well. Like That's- nothing else was going on, and then all of a sudden, 
shit started falling off the wall. Like that's really <laughs> creepy. So yeah, it also makes it like, oh, ghosts can be anywhere. It doesn't have to be an old house, you know. Like, watch out, my apartment is new. Uh, <laughs> we invited somebody in. Oops. Absolutely, and I. I think it was a a recent episode I was listening to of yours where you were saying that um, the number of people who have died in this world completely outnumber the living. So there should be ghosts like literally everywhere. Seriously. Yes. Yeah. Like we are in the very minority being people that are (laughs) alive. And I just finished, um, I just finished writing a book of trivia. And so I have all these, uh, but the book is, is mostly uplifting, but in the course of doing, my uplifting research, I was just finding like stuff like that. That's like, oh my gosh, we're in the minority as alive people. There's billions and billions and billions of dead people. And I was like getting kind of freaked out. So yeah. So we were actually going to get to that. Um, but since you brought it up, tell us a little bit about the book that you wrote. Uh, what is the name of it? Uh, when does it come out? Um, I wrote a book during this pandemic called One Day Smarter. And it is a, uh, a a book of trivia that is uplifting. So it's like bite-sized trivia. Um, <clears throat> and it's just, it's, you know, separated into chapters based on topics. I do, I'm, I'm waiting for my editor's notes right now. And I'm really hoping she'll let me keep in the chapter called Morbid Facts for Know-It-All Goths. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> the beginning of the chapter is like, listen, I know this is an uplifting trivia book, but like death is inevitable. Let's have a little fun with it. So... I'm hoping she lets me keep that in. Um, but it's coming out next September in 2021. That sounds great. I totally want to buy it. <laughs> oh, thank you. I hope. Yeah. I mean, my hope is that it's accessible enough for a really wide audience and it will make a good gift book. Um, so I write trivia and comedy for this NPR show called Ask Me Another. And so I kind of have this trivia background sort of the intersection of trivia and comedy and I this entire pandemic you know I lost a lot of my freelance work and obviously haven't really been able to do stand-up so I started hosting trivia nights um virtually uh for companies so I feel like I've just been living and breathing trivia this entire time which is not very ghosty I'm sorry to take us down a different path oh no no not at all because we we kind of talk about everything on this show um and speaking of um writing uh you also mentioned on your podcast that you and your husband wrote a screenplay for a horror movie can you tell us a little bit about that yes so we got married in 2019 and i'm so glad we did because our parents were like just why are you trying to make this happen so fast because our our engagement was only six months and they were like, just get married in 2020. Come on, just get what? What's the worst that could happen? Okay, so <laughs> oh, we won that round. <laughs> um, but our like dream perfect venue was this place that we saw in uh, upstate New York in the Catskills, um, which has a lot of history and some haunted places too. But so it's up in the Catskill Mountains, and we just wanted to do that whole like wedding weekend where people stay in little cabins, and um, we love to we love to party, we love to do karaoke. Uh, but we also love to play outside and hike and play volleyball and stuff. So we we went and saw this amazing place and it was pretty expensive. And then they were like, yeah, but somebody dropped out. Do you want to just get married here in six months for a way discounted rate? We were like, yes, yes, we do. So <laughs> when we were we had the best wedding, it was so fun. When we were driving away from our wedding, we <laughs> I, I looked at him. 
And I was like, you know what? This would be the perfect setting for. And he was like, a horror movie. And I'm like, that is why I married you. That's exactly what I was thinking. So we set out to turn our wedding into a <laughs> a slasher comedy. Um, <sighs> so it's based on our wedding, but with so much murder. Um, and it was super fun to write. It was our little pandemic project. And it was our... It was our job to, it was our paper gift to each other for our first year anniversary. Um, and yeah, so it is in the hands of my manager now. He has not said anything. Uh, so I will see um, what's going on with that. I mean, my hope, we would love to like sell it or I, I mean, we don't have the financial resources to make it on our own, but um, I really am proud of it. I've entered it into a bunch of contests um, because I find that sometimes when managers are slow to read things, if it wins contests, they suddenly have more interest. So <laughs> right? yeah. I mean, this guy's got a bunch of scripts that I need notes on. And, um, you know, that is the way it goes. This is my fourth manager and they all tend to be slow unless there's something that they really really think they can sell immediately um so yeah so i am still super pumped about it and hope that we can do something with it i think it's got a good message um it would give away the killer to to tell you about the the message of it but we did sort of set out to i think horror is a great genre for making a bigger point or making a point about society um and showing it in a really dramatic way, obviously, violent way. Um, but yeah, so I think it's funny. I think it says something. I think it's based on our wedding. And I want to see I want to see blood all over a wedding dress, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's so fun. That sounds amazing. That sounds right up my alley. I love slashers. And I am picturing um, like the setting of Dirty Dancing, but with yes, lots of murder. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. That is what it is like. Yeah, because Dirty Dancing, I think filmed in North Carolina, but set in the Catskills for sure. Yeah. Well, for what it's worth for your manager, you have three people who would really like to see that sitting right here. Send him this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I know you mentioned that your husband's a horror movie fan, but do you consider yourself a horror movie fan? Yes, absolutely. Um, I think it's part of the reason. It's just one one of the things that when we got together, it was like, oh, thank God, this person really understands me. Like, oh, you don't, you're not embarrassed to say that you have quite a ska collection. Uh, oh, wow, you love horror and you had no friends in high school except for one person that watched scary movies with you. Yes, yes, these are my people. Um, so, yeah, we were both little high school nerds who had like our one person that we would take down to the basement and like hang out with and watch scary movies. So, yeah, yeah, I'm a big, big horror movie person. I feel like it's one of those rare, um, things you can do that makes you feel like you're on drugs or, you know, like <laughs> yeah. it, it, it like changes the chemicals in your brain and makes you feel these feelings and it doesn't actually hurt you. It's incredible. How did you get interested in horror movies? Um, I always was, you know, my dad let me watch Poltergeist when I was fairly young yeah. and I, I, yeah, that, that was one of the first ones and like the Amityville horror. Um, yeah, I always loved them. I think I always loved the idea that of, I, I just feel like once you're in a horror movie, a good horror movie, I watched a really bad one last night. Um, you're sort of powerless to it. Like, I feel like, I mean, I'm a comedian, but I can, in a comedy, I can kind of snap out of it. 
sometimes. And a good horror movie, you're going to feel those chills. You're going to feel that suspense and it's addicting. It's, it's just amazing. It is. I will be honest and say that I do sometimes enjoy the bad horror movies. Can I ask what movie you watched? I don't even know what it was called. I just, my husband went to bed and I knew that I would not be able to fall asleep. And I, I, I should just go and I have too much equipment on me now. But oh, yeah. um, it was this horror movie on, I think it was on Shudder. It was just the first thing that came up. I was like, I'm not doing this where I like click around for a million hours. <laughs> I was like, I'm just watching a horror movie I haven't seen. And it was about this like seashell goddess that like killed bad men. Um, and which is cool, but it's very strange. And it was. Um, it was more confusing than scary, I think. And that was my problem with it. That doesn't even sound familiar to me. So I know. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> we both have shuddered and we both just looked at each other like, what? <laughs> so it's like, it's like this dude who, I think it's in England. And this dude's like, I don't know. He was like in a homeless shelter and it burns down. And then this nun finds him. And it's like, you got to live here with this, like, sort of hot lady, but you can't really tell that she's hot for a second because she doesn't wear makeup. And then, <laughs> um, and then and glasses. Like this, yeah, exactly. Like, she's like, oh, I haven't, like, my hair's a little frizzy. I'm like, girl, I see you. Like, this is, <laughs> yeah. It's always like that in horror movies. I'm like, this is Brie Larson. We all know it. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, if you had to pick, what is your favorite horror movie? Okay, so I think it's so hard when you talk about horror, especially because especially, it's also this, like, for me, it's a thing that I started really getting into when I was, like, 14. So I have all these memories of being in Illinois, where you guys are, um, but uh, and watching it with my friend and just feeling more adults because I was seeing all these things that, like, before my parents were probably wouldn't let me watch. And I, I mean, the Halloween series... Halloween, like original mm. Halloween is just like amazing. But I also, from a comedic perspective, have so much respect for both Scream and Cabin in the Woods. Like yeah. incredible movies. Mm -hmm. um, so from a nostalgia perspective, I'll go Halloween. But I think the one I've watched, I've, I've watched Cabin in the Woods like once a year. Um, <laughs> it's so good. And actually, I was listening to a podcast where you guys were talking about Scream, one of your podcasts where you were talking about Scream. And um, my husband and I had never seen Scream 4, and oh. we watched it and we loved it. And I was really surprised. Yeah, that's the that's the one with... Um, Is that the one with Laurie Metcalf? No, that's the second one. Um, yeah. The girl who's the on American Horror Story all the time. Emma Roberts. Thank you. Uh, okay, yeah. I've only seen like the second, third, and fourth ones once when they came out. So yeah. I, I need to do a rewatch of all those before the fifth one comes out because I'm like not remembering any. The only thing I remember is Lori Metcalf was in one of them. She's in the second one. <laughs> she rules. She rules. She does. Um, since we're talking about actors, uh, if you had to cast your screenplay who would you want to cast in your movie as the main roles? Oh my gosh. It's so hard. We've tried to really, um, we've talked about this, uh, but it's really hard because we want to keep an open mind. We would want to keep an open mind. Both. Uh, we're, we're like, okay, we're two white people, but like <laughs> this should not be two white people. You sure. know what I mean? Well, our bride is Jewish actually. So um, most likely she will be white, 
but um, we're, we kind of are like, we're trying to avoid that because um, we didn't want to try to like, basically just who would you be, you know, like play the game of like, who's most, who looks like us or whatever. But if somebody, if we were playing that game, I'm a Kirsten Dunst. That's the one that I get all <laughs> the most. And I feel like I, she's a bit old to be um, like uh, a bride right now. I mean, not really. She, what is she, like 40? But like the, the woman in the script is 30. Uh, but I think it'd be, you know, it'd be fun to see her all bloodied up running around. She's pretty cool. <laughs> Absolutely. And who would be your husband? <clears throat> oh, gosh. Um... You know what is so sad? I feel like I forget all young actors. I'm like, oh, Brad Pitt. He's like 75 years old. <laughs> like, I'm getting old. And then, like, my my references for, like, what's hot and cool are just getting so sad. Like, am I supposed to say um, the guy from Little Women or something? Like, I don't, I don't even know who's, like, a... Um, I don't know if that I'm the same way. And Sharon gets mad at me all the time because I'll make references to stuff on our podcast. And Sharon's like, yeah, nobody's going to know what that is. Because, <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, like, we're not old. Right. We're just like not 23. Right. <laughs> but I, it makes me feel like I'm a thousand, you know. Yeah, all I know is Timothy Chalamet. Like, that's the Timothy only Chal- young actor that I'm, like, super familiar with. But, <clears throat> yeah, I... Honestly, I'm now I'm trying to think. I can't I don't pick even another. Know who, who is that? He's the one from Little Women, and then he was also in Call Me by My Name and Lady Bird, right? Yep. Yeah. Oh, okay. He's like a wispy, like, <laughs> like sort of like sexy, but also like I want to read you my poetry in the middle of the night, and you're like, please just let me sleep. <laughs> you know? He's like the heroine chic of like young male actors. Yes. 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 Um. Oh man. So. When we were emailing back and forth, we found out that we actually grew up on the south side of Chicago, like not that far from each other, like a few miles away from each other. I'm sure you're familiar with Bachelors Grove Cemetery. Um, yes, my parents live right there. Really? Okay. For those of you who have not heard of Bachelors Grove, it's a pretty well-known spot in the south side of Chicago for ghost sightings and supposedly was used as a dumping ground for Al Capone's victims. Supposedly. Yeah. Or he he might have had like a house over there because there's like a little lake um, where they say that he like possibly dumped the bodies in the lake. And then even in... Um, like 2012, I just found out that there was a, a episode of Ghost Adventures that featured Bachelor's Grove. So I just went there for the first time maybe like eight years ago, just around Halloween to see if I could see anything. Did you ever go there when you were growing up, Emily? I did the exact same thing that you did probably about eight years ago um, with my dad. We went over there. It was like around Halloween. I think my maybe my mom and my sister came too. We all just like, but the, you know, you park your car and... Um, this is before I, I think now I'd be like, okay, guys, we're bringing all this equipment and we're going to try to pick up on sounds and we're going to yeah. like do a seance. But then we just like <laughs> walked around and we were like, you see a dead but You see a ghost? No. Oh, okay. Back in the car. It's cold. You know? So <laughs> it was a little anticlimactic, but um, I think we also probably, we weren't trying hard enough. Yeah, we, I was one of the dumb high school kids that like my friends and I dared each other to go and we went 
like at 10, 11 o'clock at night to Bachelors Grove, but didn't bring a flashlight because we were in high school and geniuses. And uh, yeah, it was anticlimactic too, but uh, I, I want to go back. My parents actually live in your hometown right now. So my dad said he'd go back with me. Maybe we can do that for like a Thanksgiving walk. After oh my dinner. gosh, I'm so jealous. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's I so cool. I didn't see anything either. I and I took my camera and was just taking photos and there was, you know, a couple orbs that appeared in some of the photos, but yeah, it was probably just dust. Um, but it's still kind of a cool place. Like all those old gravestones are really, really neat. Like I'm kind of fascinated with old cemeteries and old gravestones. Um, so yeah, I was just curious because that, that was kind of like the thing to do as a teenager growing up on the South side of Chicago, if you were interested in the paranormal at all. We, we drove to like, there was some abandoned, um, mental institution. It was probably quite far because I went to Marion Catholic High School, which is in Chicago Heights. And so some of my friends lived in Indiana. Anyway, every Friday, Saturday night was like, we were driving for like two hours to get wherever we were going. But we did go to an abandoned mental institution and the cops came and that was scary. And I jumped out a window to avoid the cops and I split my pants right down the middle and they were really tight and low because I, you know, everyone's trying to look like Britney Spears and, um, (laughs) and like my butt, like my sad underwear was hanging out and I was dating this new guy who was so hot anyway. So I have, (laughs) that was a terrifying experience for me, but for all the different reasons. Oh my gosh. But, I'm sorry. That is amazing. What floor of a window did you jump out? It was of? second. It was just the second floor. It was not like super dangerous, but it was enough for me to have to like, you know, like softball stand at the bottom and then you try to like jump and then like, you know, wide squat sort of. And then I just remember hearing it go like, Rip, and I was like, oh no, oh. it was so embarrassing. Well, Mindy, she used to do um, theater over at the Biograph, which is also a big supposedly haunted place in Chicago. Yeah, I've worked um, with some um, Chicago fringe theater companies, and I was actually thinking that there's actually a few shows my friends do, uh, specifically one called Right Club, that they, if you ever come to Chicago to visit and want to do a Comedians with Ghost Stories show, I'm sure I could find somebody who would be happy to host you (laughs) oh that's awesome but um yeah I they over in Lincoln Park they transformed Victory Gardens Theater bought the Biograph which was a movie theater um and now it's an actual like live theater theater but that's where John Dillinger got shot it's like Fullerton and Lincoln which makes no sense to anybody who doesn't live in Chicago (laughs) but it's it's this like really big like they still have the big like old marquee and all that kind of stuff out in front and it but they've modernized the inside and I was stage managing a show and like would sometimes smell like random candle like someone was burning a candle like sulfur smell and one time I was the the tech booth was actually above the lobby and one time during a performance I actually climbed out of the tech booth because I heard somebody just running around like crazy underneath and I was really mad because I was like okay who's disrupting our show in the lobby and there was nobody there um I should also mention that 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 theater is surrounded by bars so it very well could have been contamination noise but it's creepy nonetheless. 
So, oh my God, I love this. <laughs> you have great stories. That's awesome. There's a lot of uh, a lot of interesting places in uh, Chicago to visit that are supposedly haunted. There's um, Statesville too, right in Joliet. That's supposedly I, haunted and then they started just turning it into a haunted house every year which i would never go to <laughs> yeah in a huge old prison and yeah it's no. where they've filmed like prison break the tv show and um that one johnny Depp movie that i think is about john dillinger oh maybe i can't remember the name public enemy oh yes or, very good is that what it's called well yeah i don't i don't like haunted attractions so <laughs> i wouldn't probably go but <laughs> do you like haunted houses emily do it's been a long time since I've been to one I I just watched I mean not just sometime within this pandemic which has gone on for you know seven years so yeah (laughs) sometime in the last decade uh I watched a movie about a a haunted house but it was also like a murder like everyone that went to this haunted house was getting like brutally murdered was it Um, Hell House LLC Maybe. I don't remember what, gosh, I'm really bad. I need to pay attention to what I'm doing. <laughs> um, and I remember, cause I was kind of like, I think I was like really tired and half asleep during it. Um, but I was like, Oh, that's a pretty cool. That's a pretty cool idea for a movie. I love, yeah. Haunted house, uh, turned actually haunted. Pretty cool. Hmm. Well, if you think of the name of it, uh, send us a message and let us know. Cause I love haunted house movies as well. I love all horror movies. Um, but yeah, Ghost stories are kind of some of my favorite. Yeah. And Hell House LLC is a movie that's about exactly that, about a troop of people that go and set up scare attractions and end up doing so in an actual haunted location. Um, And just FYI, on uh, Amazon Prime, the director, it was made in like 2014, but just this Halloween, the director released a director's cut to uh, Prime directly. And it includes footage of them filming like the big moment where like they open the the attraction and shit goes down and then like all the audience members are running around and it's pure chaos and it's worth it for the special features alone. But I recommend that movie highly if you like haunted attractions because it creeps me out. Hell House LLC. Okay, this is awesome. (laughs) I also love when there's haunted stuff about surrounding the movie making like I love the exorcist um backstory um uh, you know that's like the one the main one that I can think of where like creepy stuff happens on set that no one can really explain and um yeah I feel like there's got to be more I, I don't know uh but that's a pretty cool aspect of horror too i think poltergeist as well because when they were filming the scene with the the skeletons they were actual human skeletons yeah because they're cheaper to get instead of a fake one being made wow which i've said that like i want to put in my will that when i die i want my body donated to horror films oh awesome that is awesome that is so badass they didn't tell joe beth williams that um so when she did that scene where she falls in the pool and all the the corpses are around her they were real and when she found out after she was not happy (laughs) yeah oh no kidding oh my god but honestly, I'd rather not know. I know, right? Yeah, totally. Until, uh, yeah. But yeah, we love that stuff too. I love all the backstory. So you, um, are you done with uh, season two of uh, Comedians with Ghost Stories? No, I didn't okay. know what I was going to do and how long I was going to do it, but I'm continuing to put them out. I think I might take like 
so okay you know how all this is with podcasting like I I just am learning about this because I I don't know I was I didn't do like my research I just started throwing this stuff out (laughs) but apparently if you take like really long breaks you lose 25% of your audience which I do not want to do um so I'm going to take a couple week break around the holidays around uh Christmas and New Year's I think um because I just don't feel like it's a scary time I mean this year maybe it is but um (laughs) and then and then start a season three um in 2021 uh, and just go up into until like, you know, the end of December with the season and then give myself a little break. But yeah, I mean, I've got I'm like staring at this wipe off board in my office and I got like 15 stories that I haven't put out yet that I've recorded. So, yeah, uh, we're going to keep going. And they're, they're good ones. And uh, I'm pumped. Awesome. I'm when pumped you, too. When you said, yeah, when you said that you were not finished, I literally went, oh, good. Under my breath. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm all caught up pretty much so I am looking forward to more um besides your podcast and your book and your screenplay because <laughs> yeah actually I have a question how do you sleep <laughs> or when you have time to sleep is a better question <laughs> yeah you know, right? I honestly like it was I went freelance three years ago and it it was really hard financially and I cashed out my 401k mm. Um, and spent it all and did all that. But like now that I'm on my feet, um, it's like, I'm so happy that I did it because yeah, you can't really like do all these projects if you have another job. And I always wanted to be that person who is 100% dedicated to, you know, comedy and projects I cared about, but I'm not a millionaire and my parents aren't either. And so I've (laughs) always had to have a day job. And, And so I was just, I've just been finally able to do it. Um, uh, and yeah, it's just, honestly, 2020 is, I mean, I, I did lose a lot of joke writing jobs and stand-up comedy stuff, but then I picked up other stuff and it's been good. But yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, also I just do these things that are short, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you, if you're like a writer for, you know, Fallon or the Daily Show, which is like amazing jobs that I would love to have, but then you have one thing on your resume and you stay there for 10 years because it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And, and then, yeah. And people are like, Oh my God, you've done so much. I'm like, yeah, well that thing took me three months. But then it's done. This thing took me four months. It's, you know, um, so I think you can kind of <laughs> play the system and collect all the different, whatever, all the different career milestones a lot faster when you're freelance. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome, though. Good for you, because I think that's all of our, you know, me and Mindy and Spencer would one day love to do that, um, not have day jobs and just do creative shit that we love. Um, So good for you for making it there. Do you guys have a house? Do you live in a house? Uh, Well, we have a uh, Spencer and I, we have a tiny condo. um, I'm in an apartment. Yeah. 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 And I'm actually in a situation where I'm kind of getting just back on my feet as well that I hope to upgrade to a nicer apartment maybe next year. But uh, yeah, I, I... I I just want to like echo Sharon and say that like it it's scary as hell to do that to just say screw it I'm going freelance and especially if you're not on stable ground and so way to go like that's awesome oh thanks I mean it's definitely like I'm, I I asked because like if you could see our apartment in New York and like how small it is and like these like I don't know old sweatpants that I've been wearing for the last four days like I did not think my thirties were gonna be like this so <laughs> I mean there's definitely downsides I want a house with a hot tub already I'm ready <laughs> for it. <laughs> 
I agree. Yeah, that's our next step is we're saving because now that we're both working from home full time, like I haven't had a dining room in seven months. It's basically like Spencer's all of his work equipment on top, like a, a stand up desk on top of our dining room table filled with huge computer screens and monitors. And I mean, it's I I hate clutter. So I like every day I look at it, I just like curse him. <laughs> Even though I know it's not his fault and I'm like very fortunate that we both have jobs, but I'm just like, we've so outgrown this place. We have no outdoor space. We have no in-unit laundry. I hate doing laundry, especially during pandemic times, sharing that, you know, facility with other people. I'm just like, I'm, we need out. (laughs) We need a different plan. I totally get it. Um, But honestly, I feel like there's a lot of people I know who are even older than us that have always had an apartment or a condo like the whole the whole home ownership thing like yes I totally hear you like I feel that too like I'm I'm a defective adult because I don't have these things you're supposed to have but (laughs) like a lot more people don't like I'm real I'm starting to realize so yeah yeah no I think that's totally true I mean I've spent my adult life in New York where it's 100% cool to live in an apartment your entire life. And then I worked in London for a little while where it was the same. Like a couple of my roommates were in their forties when I was like 23 and uh, it was totally normal and cool. Yeah. So I think it's, it's getting better, you know, and, and I probably shouldn't like worry about these milestones at all. It's just, you know, it's so weird. Like my life looks so different from my parents. Um, by the time they were my age, they had a house and kids and, you know, it was just so different. I'm like, yeah, but this is cool too. I agree. Yeah. And times have changed. Like I, I have no desire to have kids. I'm not like, we're not having kids. It's just, yeah. I mean, everything that I've chosen in my life is so different than what like my parents or Spencer's parents have chosen. At least finally our parents have stopped asking. So like, when are you going to have kids? That's <laughs> <laughs> not the question. The question is, when are you going to make your horror movie? What Have you guys talked about what your horror movies would be? We haven't, actually. Our favorites? No, what? Or, like, what if you were to write one, like, what kind of horror would it be? Oh, good Prob- question. It would probably be somewhat paranormal-based, but home invasion-based, because those are, like, I'm a big, I like the ghost stories. Sharon does, too, but Sharon likes home invasion movies, too. So we, it would be a combination somehow, probably. So I actually came up with an idea a while ago. So no one steal this, please. Um, I'm fascinated with serial killers in true crime as well. And we actually did a whole episode about nature versus nurture. Mm -hmm. And I thought doing a movie where you have um, parents who purposely kind of like torture one of their kids like not like full out you know oh, as like an experiment yes and the other one they don't do that to just to see how the kid would turn out like little things like not hugging him so much when they cried yes. or just little things that you should do if you have a kid but don't just to see how nature versus nurture plays a part and like that's as far as I've gotten with like writing a screenplay or anything but I was, I was like that would be something I would want to watch. I'm like, maybe someone should make this for me. <laughs> that is fascinating. And like, 
if you found out like the guilt of being the loved kid, I feel like is enough to make you go crazy. You know what I mean? Exactly. I would feel so sad if like my parents were like, oh yeah, we treated your sister horribly because, and just to, as an experiment and gave you extra love as an experiment. Mm-hmm. And maybe like the parents would be like psychologists or something like that. So there was like a motivation behind it, not just like they were just <laughs> randomly deciding. Evil. Yeah. <laughs> I love this. This is awesome. We're not Thank really you. screenwriters, though. So, uh, Emily, if you and your husband have nothing to do, <laughs> <laughs> we can all collaborate. Sounds good. Next project. Speaking of which, um, do you have any, aside from the next season of your your show and um, trying to get your screenplay made and everything else that you're doing, do you have any other upcoming projects that you'd like to mention? Um. Well, my I think our script that and this is not my husband and I, it's my, I've been working with this writing partner for uh, like 13 years. Oh my God, like 13 years. Um, And yeah. So one of our projects that we're like so excited about um, is a pilot and it's called hard dead Nazi Dick. And it's about, uh, (laughs) wait, can you re-say that again? Hard dead Nazi Dick. Sold. Um, Sold. (laughs) You had me at Dick. (laughs) It's um it's this is the one that our manager's most focused on <laughs> selling, but it's about um these real women, these sisters in Holland, uh who and and the the la- there was a one of them was alive until 2018, and when she died, there was all these articles written about her. Her name is Freddie Overstegen, but um her and her sisters and their friend uh when they were young teenagers, like 14, uh seduced and murdered Nazis in Holland and. They are so cool and I loved them so much. And when we read about them, I think, I don't, I don't remember if it was 2018 or before then, but we were like, oh my God, we need to write this story. So that is like something that I am so proud of and excited about and I hope something happens with. Um, and that is like my biggest career hope. I don't know what the next thing I'm going to write is. I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out, so like I've been doing some freelance work for some TV shows um, this month. And if one of them gets picked up, then I will have a job in 2021. Wow. That would be great. Um, but if not, I, I really am interested um, in self-help as a genre and I don't find that it's helpful to me, mm. but I love um, what's, what's really helpful to me is sort of like wallowing and sharing negative experiences with other people and being like, Oh my God, this world is so hard. And I just am sort of interested in like mental health and creative fields and looking at it from a perspective of you don't have to do these steps you shouldn't like I'm not coming from a place of I know I want to like wallow with you and I I want to like I don't I don't exactly know what this book is but it's called self-hell for sure awesome yeah we that's what Sharon and I do all the time when we're in a bad (laughs) mood we just have some wine and we're like people suck and then we feel better (laughs) yes no absolutely I mean I just think like like no one like I feel like that's the one thing about adulthood people were just like yeah you do it and then it's you do it and it's that's what happens and no one was like it is so hard and bad and like when people talk like that it makes me feel great because I'm like oh my god it's not just me spiraling and unable to you know function it's like 
the whole system is set up to screw everybody. Yeah. <laughs> well, most no, most people. Um, yeah. So I am interested in that. I would like to research. I need to do a bunch of research. A self-help group for the disgruntled, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'd join. <laughs> Oh, thank you. I love it. I love, yeah, I'm like looking forward to like all of your, your stuff coming out because it all sounds so interesting and like, oh my God, that Nazi story, I need to go and do some research now because I'm trying yes. to think like, what was I doing when I was 14? <laughs> right. And I've how have I, I not heard of that story before? That's amazing. So amazing. Um, it's awesome. And the woman who, Freddie, the one until 2018 was like super lucid so so funny such a badass um yeah yeah just very cool all right um so where can people uh listen to your podcast and also where can people contact you if they want to make your movie or you know publish your book or, or work with you in the future Thank you. Yeah, this would be great. I would love all those things. Um, <laughs> my Instagram and my Twitter are Emily MC Winter. It is confusing. It is Emily McWinter. My middle name is McKenna. It's too late to change it. I screwed it all up. It's Emily MC Winter. <laughs> and my email is emcwinter at gmail. And that is where you can contact me. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on our show. Um, congrats on the screenplay and the book. And we wish you much success with those and everything else that you are going to do in the future. Uh, sounds like a lot of great stuff. Mostly for selfish reasons. We wish you success because we want to <laughs> see all your projects and read all your books. I am. I'm very excited about your screenplay. That sounds really awesome. Totally, it's yeah. awesome. And Spencer does have some connections in in LA. Um, he has some film friends. So, you know, pass pass this info along. Like, put out some feelers. See if anyone out there wants to contact you. Um, but yeah, everyone, please check out Comedians with Ghost Stories. It's just really fun to listen to. And it's honestly been such a great distraction for me from all the shit that's been going on in this world. I'm really, really glad that I stumbled across it this summer. Um, it's just really entertaining, all the stories. I love hearing people's personal ghost stories as well. Uh, it makes me feel not so crazy because of all the things that I've experienced in my lifetime <laughs> as far as paranormal encounters. Um, you know, cause a lot of times you do think like, was that just in my head or, yeah. you know, am I, am I going crazy? Um, but yeah, looking forward to, uh, the rest of season two and season three. So Emily, thank you so much. Thank you. I can't wait to have you guys on the podcast. It's going to be awesome. Yes, we're excited. Very excited. Thank you so much, Emily. Thank you. Thank you all for listening to us. As always, you can write us at horror at gmail.com. You can share any ghost stories, creepy stories. If you have cult stories, uh, how about some fucked up holiday stories since the holidays are here and um, we are going to be doing an upcoming Christmas true crime episode so uh, look out for that and yeah if you want to share with us we can read those on our show please subscribe to us and rate and review us it really really helps us get more exposure and we would really appreciate it as always please be kind to each other be safe and as always, thanks for getting creepy with us. Sharon, do you want a beer? Uh, oh my God.